Hey folks and welcome to this co-hosted joint podcast episode on PodCraft and The Agile Speaker. I'm Colin Gray from thepodcasthost.com and I'm joined by Marianne Johnson from The Agile Speaker. How are you getting on Marianne? Fine, thank you Colin. Thanks for having me. No worries at all. Thanks for uh, thanks for joining me on this season, this series of three episodes all around live calls, eh? Um, what have we covered so far? We've covered preparation, haven't we? We've covered the gear, so what equipment you have to get, what tools you should use for them. That's both back, back on um, episode one. Episode two was the preparation for the call, wasn't it? What kind of things did we cover there? We talked about making sure that you have uh, prepped your ideas, thought about the listeners, prepped, you know, actually scribbled out some notes or typed up some notes of the things that you you really want to cover during the meeting and making sure that you know you're really organized and that that you've you know keeping keeping the meeting short setting a time limit and making yeah. sure that your video call doesn't become a sort of brain drain but yes, that indeed. you know you've got a plan and you're going to stick to it yeah totally and then the last stage is this episode which is delivery so we're going to talk today about how you actually deliver that call how you run the call how you make sure people get something out of it how you make sure they keep focused um, ways to manage that call as it's running um, and we're going to focus on our message throughout has been to try and treat these as if you would or as you would a real call or a real meeting I should say um, and a lot of that will be similar today but actually the delivery is the one place where it changes a little bit isn't it it's, it is different being on a video call than a face-to-face call and there are, there are some tactics and tricks that we can do we can use to make sure it runs more smoothly aren't there that's right and my my message with delivery across the board and everything i do with all the different situations that clients face be it face-to-face or face you know looking at looking at, at each other over screens is that it is important that you're being yourself that you're being natural, that you're using your conversational style. But clearly when you're doing it through a screen and possibly more than one-to-one, more than a one-to-one meeting with perhaps a whole group of thumbnails of pictures in front of you, that can be a challenge because you don't have the same experience that you would have if you were face-to-face. You're not getting the same feedback Um, that you would normally get if you're face-to-face. You're not getting the same, you know, as a listener on a call, you don't feel the same responsibility to give feedback that you would have if you were face-to-face. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not the same connection, is it? Exactly. It's not the same connection. And whether it's um, nods or smiles or someone shaking their head or looking confused, It's, you know, it's very easy, I think, particularly in big group calls for people to really just sit back and stare at the screen and lose that responsibility. So I think there there are ways that you can try to include people or to try and encourage them to speak up if that's appropriate for the meeting. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Before we get before we get to that, what do you think there's a place? So with with Zoom, it has quite a nice feature, a hands up feature, and it's got its text chat as well. Do you think, you know, setting the sort of the rules ahead of time? Do you think as soon as you're getting into big meetings, we should be using that kind of thing, or is that getting a bit formal and a bit kind of ruling with an iron fist? I think it really probably depends on what the circumstances are and who your audience is, and how many people are going to be there. The larger 
the group, the more need for some sort of control or, you know, a bit of housekeeping, which we talked about in, um, the, in the previous episode, but just, you know, potentially flagging up things like, I think for a webinar, for example, if, or, or if you're running a training workshop with a large group of people, you really will need to be able to explain how those features will work and how you want people to use those features. I think things like um, being able to use the chat feature can be very helpful to gather up questions from people within a workshop to then be able to collate all of those as you're going along and then be able to handle those questions afterwards. Or the hands up feature is another good one for that, isn't it? Where people can click on that and just allow the presenter to know that there's a question that they want to ask and then they can focus in on that. Yeah. 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 I think in many ways that's, that's something that's almost missing from face-to-face meetings, isn't it? That people can take advantage of, you know, when you're in a a face-to-face meeting with say 10, 12, 15 people, and you always have a small group, like two or three people who kind of, who rule a little bit, they, they speak a lot. And then you get the, the more introverted people in the background who, who want to speak, who have good ideas, but often they're a bit shy to get in there. Whereas with an online meeting, these tools, the hands up feature, the, the text chat, you know, it lets people, it lets these people join in very easily with less, you know, intimidation. I think it's probably, it's probably something that that we could benefit from in face-to-face meetings sometimes. Absolutely. I agree. I think there's potential for, for those who are more introverted, but a bit more shy to speak up that actually they will be quite happy to type something in and get that question asked. So it may well build confidence within them that their voice is being heard without it actually being their voice, but it's through being able to put that question into the chat box. Yeah. Yeah. Setting rules for that's quite important though, isn't it? Like I've seen also meetings, especially much larger meetings where you end up with a completely different conversation going on in the text chat as opposed to yeah. the um, the main one. And in some ways that's, that's okay. People are often discussing the content that's being um, delivered, but in other ways it can be a complete distraction as well. So I suppose it depends on the context there, doesn't it? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And I think, but, and then if you're running a meeting, so it's more of a group discussion as opposed to a workshop, again, it will depend on who the group is that you're speaking to and what you feel is most appropriate. You might not want to necessarily be very formal in terms of using the chat or the, or the hands up mechanisms yeah. so it yeah. will just depend on what the circumstances are but there are some really great tools there that that we can use yeah perfect you we talked a little bit at the start about you know uh the the feedback signals you know seeing people's nods and smiles and shaking heads and stuff like that in a face-to-face meeting the fact that they are not so obvious in a group video call like how how do you think you deal with that like how do you is, are there techniques to be able to to make sure people are paying attention or to keep people's attention or to make yourself feel like like you're definitely getting through to people how, how do you think about that in an online call yeah so i think uh similar to what what i talk about with presenting in fact and and talking to people in meetings anyway it's about managing your pace very carefully and using pauses, using gaps to allow people to digest what you've talked about and to be able to ask questions if they want to. So we uh, talked about this back in season one of the Agile Speaker in episode two, all the tips on the delivery side of things with pace. 
it's so important, no matter what the format of the call, that you are allowing people to digest what you said, because that's what allows them to remember what you've said long term. And it also allows them to process what you said and maybe think of a question to ask you. So they need to be given that window of time to be able to do that. Now, the tendency can be on a video call to feel like once you start talking that you need to just keep going and that you need to then just carry on until somebody eventually maybe stops you or sticks the <laughs> hands up feature to kind of <laughs> shut you up. But I think it's it's so important that you manage your pace and and actually, like we talked about in the previous session as well, of keep it short and punchy. You don't have long um, sessions where you're transmitting for several minutes mm. in one long go. You need to keep yeah. that interaction because that's what helps people to stay interested. Yeah, yeah. In many ways, people are much more easily distracted in this situation, aren't they? Like if you're talking for five or 10 minutes and I've got a, a Slack notification going off in a corner or my email's just sitting there in the next window and I'm just like, oh, I'll just have a quick look. And <laughs> so, yeah, it's probably something to be even more aware of than, than normal. Absolutely. You've got to keep your the, the chat, the sections where you're chatting pretty short and punchy. And I think tighter than you probably realise. You know, I, I've uh, attended a few webinars on Zoom recently and have been surprised at how short my attention span can be listening to somebody and find myself looking at the clock thinking, gosh, that person is still doing an intro about themselves and we've gone like four and a half minutes into the webinar, you know, yeah. and you are just sitting there thinking time is tight and, you know, yeah. I might have to, you know, everyone's everyone needs to be really efficient with their time right now. A lot of people do yeah. with, with, you know, homeschooling kids at home or whatever, whatever our circumstances are, we need to be efficient with time. And yeah. so we all need to be really aware of that when we're talking in meetings and, and be concise and punchy and, yeah, and break everything up so that you keep people involved. And if you feel like, you want to get other people involved when you're when you're hosting the meeting. It's um, perhaps actually you know inviting people to talk and saying to that person when you've got all those groups of thumbnails in front of you, encouraging mm. them and saying, "What do you think about that, John?" or "How do you feel about that, Emma?" or and then giving them a chance to have a window of time to talk as well. Yeah, yeah, and I think there's there's a lot of opportunity to get a lot more interaction than we imagine. Just with like, whenever I run a webinar, for example, I'll always every at least every five minutes I'll ask a question for people to type into the chat. So you don't necessarily need to get people, everyone on the call, um, you know, really regularly. But if you've got a group of ten, twelve, fifteen people, ask them to at least type something in, like ask them a question, say what do you think about this, give me a one or two word answer or something like that in the chat, and you know, it just keeps people engaged, I suppose. They've got something to do. They have some kind of control, some contribution to the whole session. So I think use those tools that are there as much as you can to keep people engaged, I would say. Definitely, definitely. I've I've been thinking about that for workshops that I'm running in the next few weeks, which are for big group workshops. And I've been yeah, yeah. really crafting what questions can I ask to a group of 15 people that will just get everyone to stick the hands up feature on Zoom so that you get the interaction, you get that feedback, and then you can move on with that. Yeah, yeah. What about body language? 
Does it matter in online calls? Is that some, someone we think about a lot in face-to-face communication, but what about online? Yeah, so I talked about in the previous episode about preparation, about how when we are f- faced uh, facing each other on a video, everything we do is far more exaggerated. Whereas if you're sitting in a meeting room with somebody and you've got 180 degree peripheral vision, any movement that the listener makes is actually really diluted within your vision because of the table, the laptop, the plant, the window, everything else that's in the room around you. So when you're on a call, everything is more exaggerated, every movement you make. And so it is worth being aware of your body language. It's worth being aware of how much movement you make, whether, you know, you're using gestures a lot or, 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 or just little funny quirky habits that you might have that Mm. you might not be aware of, at least because you're able to see your screen back. That does mean that people are very aware of that. If they show, if they've got that thumbnail showing. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, but again, you know, we've talked about this briefly in the, the previous episodes. We're all in a pretty extraordinary situation at the moment. And I think most people will be quite lenient on how people are behaving in a call and not expecting <laughs> us all to be perfectly media trained for being on screen. <laughs> so, yeah, it's just be be aware of it and be careful yeah. that you're not sort of throwing your hands up in the air or that if you're walking around while you're on a call, if that's how you like to do it, that you are still staying within the shot and screen and not wandering off to the side and out of shot. <laughs> it's it's being being aware of that. Yeah, yeah, and equally from a from an audio point of view, just thinking about not just the visuals, but how people what people hear, sound is so easily picked up on. Like especially if you've got a decent mic, you've got a. We talked about the Samsung Q2U being a decent mic in the first episode, or just any USB mic. Or there's a lot of people right now just working with the gear they've got, which is understandable. So maybe that's a, a phone headset, uh, and they are so bad for. You're standing there or sitting there, you're kind of moving a little bit and that little mic is just bashing against your collar or it's bashing against your jacket or something like that. And you can't hear any of it because it's just a tiny little scrape to you. But over the microphone, that is it's a horrible sound to everyone else in the call. Um, so just try and be really aware about the sounds around you, the background noise, the, the printer that's going off in the background, the kids that are in the next door. Again, everyone's lenient right now we're all working under crazy circumstances the kids have to be next door sometimes but if you just try and be aware of it as much as you can you can make a big difference Um, and making sure you're you're taking care of the mic it's free it's not touching anything else as much as you can it makes a makes a big difference Um, i mean you there's the example of like i've been drinking a cup of tea here while we've been recording and being really careful i've heard so many people on zoom calls like putting down their mug and it's like a big bash uh, and that comes across and the mic so easily as well so but it's also <laughs> it's, it's actually it. my experience of that is not so much the noise of the mug going down but actually when you've got everybody's thumbnails on the screen in front of you the the person that makes the noise the their picture comes up and i i watched yeah. a webinar a couple of weeks ago where somebody who had done their section of talking was then a listener but they didn't mute their mic Mm-hmm. And that person kept picking up their mug and putting it down. And every time mm-hmm. she did it, her picture flicked up 
instead yeah. of the speakers. Yes. And I thought, yeah. gosh, you know, that is such an, an easy mistake to make, but very distracting if you're sitting there yeah. trying to watch this webinar and this kept happening that the, the wrong yeah. person's face kept popping up because <laughs> of her mug. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So the simple rule when you're not speaking for any length of time, hit the mute button. It's really yeah. easy to do. Um, in Zoom, it's just bottom left. There's the big microphone icon. In Skype, there's a big mic icon, bottom middle, I think it is. Any tool will allow you to do this. So yeah, make sure you're doing that if you can. Other than that, do you think there's anything else during the call? Anything else you want to cover? Well, I think that just as a as a wrap up for how you're how you're running that course, making sure that that you follow up, that you do have, you know, that, that you wrap up the meeting and you make sure that everybody has actions that they're going to follow up with and that's all absolutely clear as well for everybody to take away and know what everybody's expected to do and when that's expected to be done by. Yeah. And I think this is even more important in online situations, isn't it? We're all working remotely just now. Um, Even in the future when we're not, we're still in offices every now and again. We're still having to meet people remotely sometimes and it can be quite easy not to have that follow-up chat, just meeting people in the corridor straight after. Oh, so are you going to send me that, you know, that, outcome whatever it might be so making those really clear i think is even more important right now isn't it yeah absolutely absolutely yeah the one thing i wanted to go through actually was just a little a little bit i'm not going to go into this in too much detail because it's kind of a it's almost a different subject but it's the idea of having recorded these calls um, and using that material elsewhere after are you seeing a lot of people do that just now marianne are you seeing people record them and reuse the material I've, well, mainly on the webinars that I've taken part mm, in. Yeah. I know that those are being recorded. And I think that's really useful, really useful. Yeah, and yeah, I think yeah. it is a great tool to be able to use because then it does mean that you can, uh, one thing is that it allows you to really focus and listen during the call rather than feel mm. like you need to be taking notes all the time. Yeah, I'm a real yeah. note taker when I'm running sessions with clients or in meetings always scribbling down notes so that yeah, I remember everything yeah. that's gone on. And the, for me, the, the, the being able to record everything that's happened is really useful. But of course, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, with, uh, with privacy and GDPR, you'd have to be absolutely sure that everybody's comfortable with that being done or that, yes. that you flagged that up at the start to make sure that everybody knows that the whole thing is being recorded. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, presuming that's okay, though. I mean, there's so much you can get out of this. There's so much, and it's so easy to do. So with Zoom, for example, we've talked about that as kind of one of the top tools for this. Zoom's got a record button uh, in the bottom toolbar. You hit record, it'll record a copy of that entire call to your computer, both audio and video. So you get that audio version and you get that video version. You can reuse both of them. The, The simplest uses of these I've seen have been people doing a transcription of it. So not using that media, but getting it transcribed either through an automated system, like there's a few out there, like uh, Temi. So Temi, T-E-M-I.com. You can put a, a bit of audio into that and it'll give you a pretty accurate auto-transcription. Pass that around. If if you know if that material is useful to other people, but they weren't necessary for the call, pass it on to them and, and they can get that info. They can skim through. Um, but I mean, it, even reusing it... Many times, you know, you have people that wouldn't necessarily have to be at the meeting. It's not worth wasting their hour, but there's parts of it that are useful to them. And you can then post this information. Take that audio. You can post these things as a private podcast. 
pretty easily these days actually there's a few different systems out there you've got you've got one podcast um, host called transistor.fm transistor.fm and they offer a private podcasting tool whereby you can take the audio recording from uh, zoom for example you can upload that with no editing no processing no nothing because you're not you're not putting this out it's not supposed to be a polished broadcast you're just uploading it there and you can put a password on it and then just give that out to certain people you can invite certain people to be able to listen to it so you can keep it internal and private to your company no problem at all and transistor makes it really easy to do that if you wanted to do this on a regular basis like if you wanted to record your board meetings or something like that or you know other types of uh, maybe some staff training or webinars or or onboarding stuff you know there's all these different things that people are having to do online just now which could be repurposed to other people record it and you put it on uh, podbean so podbean is another podcast host which has single sign on and other more corporate levels of security and you can have unlimited channels with them as well. So you could set up five or 10 different podcasts with different material for for teams within your company for example maybe it's there's one channel for a ceo update or something like that or um, there's one channel for the board meetings so that the rest of the company can keep up with those meetings and the information there if they're interested but they don't have to they don't have to go if they don't want to but being able to repurpose this in a private ways is pretty useful i think in a lot of ways so certainly those options are out there um, and I've actually, I've got an article on this. If you want to follow up, all you do is go across to thepodcasthost.com forward slash remote team, thepodcasthost.com forward slash remote team. And that'll show you how to use that audio from your meeting or the video from your meeting and repurpose it into a private podcast or to republish it in any kind of way. So hope that's useful. I think that's brilliant. I think uh, actually I was thinking, listening to you there, that the, 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 the word record actually really means share here and yeah, yeah. offering flexibility because as you say if if you can't get everyone to the meeting at a certain time if um you know everybody's schedules have really been thrown up in the air or, or for many people their schedules have been thrown up in the air yeah, so absolutely. if you can't get to that meeting at 10 because that's when you're planning to homeschool your kids or if you can't get to that meeting at 3 because that's when you're doing other things if something's being yeah. recorded and your your business is able to share that recording with you, it's perfect because it gives you flexibility, doesn't it? That you can say, yeah. I can't be there at three, but I can watch it later on this evening when yeah. the kids are in bed and I've got a complete window with no break to be able to do that. Yeah. So For it's, sure. it's fantastic. Sure. It gives such flexibility and offers yeah. people that chance to be you know, efficient with, with their time. And yeah. Yeah, and and even more efficiently as well. I love I love um, the reason a lot of people love podcasts, certainly me included, is the fact that you can do it alongside other things. So I might not necessarily read through it. if somebody sent me a document um, with you know a thousand words in it that was a summary of. Uh, a meeting that had happened and it was of use to me. I should really read it through, but you know, you've got to find the time to do it and you've got all these other things you've got to read. But with a podcast, if it's recorded, I can listen to 20, 30 minutes of audio uh, while I'm cooking the dinner 
or I'm walking a dog or doing a run or something like that. Um, and, you know, people that are into people that care about their work, they will do this. They'll make the time to do that while they're doing something else, even more so than if they're they're forced to read yet another thing. So I think it's a really useful way to do it that way. Um, and even better on top of that, you can speed up podcasts as well. So you can speed it up, do it one and a half times or two times speed, and you can listen to the whole thing in half the time it took to do the meeting. So brilliant, <laughs> works well. Fantastic. Okay. Anything else you want to cover there, Marianne? Or think that's it for delivery? I think that's it for delivery. Yeah. I think Great we've stuff. covered covered most of the key things. Yeah. I've enjoyed doing this. It's been really good, actually, because uh, we've had a lot of questions through from readers of our website, followers of the podcast, um, about just how many people are having to do much more of this just now. So many new people are finding our content right now because they're suddenly thinking, I've got to have a microphone and they're <laughs> finding our mic articles and stuff like that. So yeah, yeah it's great absolutely. to put something like this and, out there. And it's, and it is, it's, I think in, in some ways people will think this is a whole new skill set to think about. Um, but actually, and, and there are new skills and there are new things to think about, but it's also actually yeah. looking back if you look if it, for a lot of the episodes of the podcast for the Agile Speaker, a lot mm. of the things that we talked about with that apply. You know, a lot yeah. of the, the tips and the techniques still apply when it comes to doing yeah. things over video. Absolutely. Yeah, it, it, I think it helps people a lot to realize how familiar so much of it is. Like you say, new things, new things, absolutely. But many of it is still applying the same old skills as well. So yeah, bear that in mind and hopefully it calms people down. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And the main thing is just to keep doing it, isn't it? It's like anything, keep doing yeah. it. Practice makes perfect. You will have stumbles that happen over the way. You'll have um, moments where your laptop dies on you like mine did last night yes. over a meeting yeah. that I was having over Zoom. And, you know, I keep coming back to this as saying, you know, we're all human. Everybody, I think, has a different, a, a wonderful, a wonderfully different level of understanding, I think, now, yeah. because yeah. everybody's been affected by what's happening just now. And so, you know, don't be too hard on yourself if something goes wrong. Um, mm -hmm. Pick up where you left off, keep practicing, and everything will become more and more familiar the more that you're doing yeah. it. And there are yeah. Yeah. lots of different ways you could do that. Even if it's practicing the Zoom interview presentation you have to do with your uh, family in another room on a different device, but just <laughs> trying all these things out in that way and yeah. seeing how it comes across to them. It's yeah, uh, totally. you know really, really good way of, of becoming familiar and becoming more and more comfortable with all yeah. of these new tools and i think this is these are skills for life right now aren't they because this is not uh, certainly so many people are getting on zoom right now because they're forced to but i think the whole situation right now is going to change the way we work in so many ways even once covid's um you know sort of five years down the line once we're once we're allowed to go back to work we realize now how much more efficient it is in many ways to do online meetings, how many more people are going to be working at home just because they realize that it's possible and it actually saves companies a lot of money and a lot of time and all this stuff. So getting used to this now, getting good at this approach now is going to be useful for, for years, for decades to come. For sure. We'll all be experts in no time. 
Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> okay, well, thank you for joining us very much. Thank you very much. And uh, you can find much more of our material. You can find the whole of the PodCraft series over at thepodcasthost.com forward slash PodCraft. Uh, and if you want to know how to uh, get much better audio quality, all that stuff, you can find everything we do over at thepodcasthost.com. And we've got guides to all the microphones you might want to buy, um, how to record calls, how to do all that kind of stuff. So just pop over to the podcasthost.com what about you marianne where would people follow up with yourself so if you want to learn more about the the work that i do with my clients go to mariannejohnston.co.uk and again there are two seasons of podcasts that colin and i uh, put together last year which cover off a whole remit of um, how to deliver presentations public speaking running board meetings and and preparing for any kind of face-to-face. And I say face-to-face, and I mean face-to-screen too, because it's still face-to-face. Yeah. And also <laughs> elevator pitching. There's a really good season on how to craft your elevator pitch if you're pitching to win investors, if you're pitching to win new work. So there's lots over there to take a look at. And I'm uh, just just this week released a new set of training sessions as well, which I've kind of calling the pick and mix training sessions, which are 40 minute one-to-one sessions that people can um, get in touch with me to find out about more information on. But it's it's just short, sharp, bite-sized training sessions to help people in times where, you know, we need more flexibility, we need shorter windows of help. And uh, yeah, so you can find out more about that on the website too. Great. Yeah, if you're listening to, if you're on the podcast feed, I definitely recommend going over and checking out Marianne's show over at The Agile Speaker. Wherever you listen to podcasts, it's got tons of, the two seasons there, I've got tons of presentation skills material that's definitely useful to podcasters in general, and especially if you run a podcast for a business as well. So yeah, go and check it out. Brilliant. Thank you very much, Colin. Thanks for having me. I've really enjoyed collaborating with you on this. It's been really good fun. And I have learned masses from you about the logistical stuff and the, you know, all the technical stuff and some really good tips and techniques. So I really appreciate that. Thank (laughs) you. No, and thank you to you too. And ditto, I've learned tons from you in the presentation side of things as well. Not not just this session, but from years past as well. So (laughs) thank you. It's been good to do this. All right. Thank you very much for listening, everyone. And we'll see you on a future episode.